Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A dot com. See you there. You are now listening to Your Life, the Mixtape. Welcome to another episode of Your Life, the Mixtape. Uh, this week, I am super excited uh, for my guest. He is an actor, director, writer, producer. Uh, he is a 2015 Jury Award Best Actor winner. You know him from God's Pocket and those people. He is the brilliant, the amazing, the talented, the fucking national treasure that is Mr. Jonathan Gordon. Hello, sir. Hi, Greg. Wow. I've never been referred to as a national treasure before. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to, uh, to talk some music with you. Yes. So uh, obviously you're a fan of music because you said yes to being on the show. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, so what, what's your favorite song right now? Um, I have been listening to this band called the Brian Jonestown Massacre, um, which I think I just just like popped into my Spotify algorithm. They're this band from they started making music in the 90s. They've made like 15 albums or something. Um, and there's this song that they do called um, Days, Weeks and Moths. Um, and, and it's just like they do like. Uh, it's sort of psychedelic folk rock. You know that song that um, uh, 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 played before Charmed? Did you ever watch that show? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was The Smiths. It sort of has that kind of like retro feel. It makes me like a hippie when I listen to the song, nice. but it's like, it's good. It's a good one to like start the day. I like that. I'm, I know the name. I don't know that I'm familiar with uh, their music, so I will definitely be checking them out today quite a name uh who who is an artist uh that you feel like everybody should be listening to um nobody is listening to or very few people i feel like are talking about this group salt s-a-u-l-t um and maybe it's they're like sort of like notoriously kind of under the radar i think it's unclear who's even in this band, but they're like a British, it's sort of like indie soul group. Um, they sort of remind me kind of of like Moby, it's, except instead of like sampling soul, they're doing it themselves. Um, but it's like soul and it's got very like groovy bass lines and all of it like lyrically is dealing with racial justice issues, um, which is pretty cool. They also just released an album that is just like entirely orchestral arrangements 
Oh, wow. Um, which isn't necessarily my favorite, but like, <laughs> you know, much respect. I like that also. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm taking notes. Oh, good, gonna... good, good. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Uh, so we're going to take it back a little bit. Um, what is the first song that you remember hearing? Um, this, this is a funny one because I, I talked to my sisters about this. I have uh, older twin sisters. And I was like, I have a recollection of like a lot of Beatles just driving in the car with my mom. And that was confirmed by them. And the one that I remember uh, is rock and roll music. Nice. I think it was a Chuck Berry cover. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, I, my mom was like, my mom saw the Beatles in concert and was like oh, obsessed wow. and still remains obsessed with like their early work. But like for the longest time, I thought the like Beatles dis like discography ended with like help. It wasn't <laughs> until like my 20s, I was like, oh no, they like totally expanded beyond that. Cause like, you know, some of their early stuff for me is a little kind of like, sentimental and poppy but then like in my 20s I was like oh my god they, these are the people that made the white album and like you know came to them on my uh, my own terms that's awesome what is the song that makes you cry um okay so <laughs> I don't really like musicals but um for whatever reason, I think because my mom used to play this a lot in the car as well, I'm like obsessed with the Phantom of the Opera. Okay. And I think it's because it's sort of like, it, it is an opera. It's like unabashedly just sort of like larger than life. Whereas I feel like other musicals, sometimes it's like, I don't buy this sort of like, I'm so emotional and then I break out into song so much. Um, but the last song in Phantom of the Opera, which is called, uh, down once more slash track down this murderer. It starts off, it's like very like musically and, and kind of silly. But then when the Phantom is about to like hang Christine's lover, like this medley happens where they're all singing different songs from the musical, like, um, you know, Angel of Music and um, um, Music of the Night. And it, like, I find it so evocative. <laughs> and I just, every time I hear it, I weep. I don't know why. It's just like, I don't know if it's like awakening some sort of like childhood kind of response, but it's just like, the tears just come. I love that. And also the first time that Phantom of the Opera has made an appearance on this show. So congratulations, sir. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so glad that I, uh, I hold that title now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was a musical theater kid in high school, and it's always been my belief that when a musical is written, there should be a part for one character who has, like, anytime they break out in, so break out in song, has no idea what's happening. And it's just like, wh what? Oh, oh, that's like, like it, their characters, like, I don't know why I'm singing, but here I am. Yeah. Oh, I love, I think that would help me as an audience member to be like, okay, I, that, that resonates. Yeah. Because I do that in my life, you know, <laughs> I'm not quite sure why. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your, what's your guilty pleasure song? 
you know, I don't, it's funny, like, I don't, like, I don't know exactly what a, like, a guilty pleasure song, it, I guess it's like when I listen to it, I feel like a little ashamed, <laughs> um, but I think the, uh, the Scientist by Coldplay, you know, I think, uh, you know, if I threw that on in, in any sort of public setting, I'd get some uh, weird glances, but I mean, that song is fucking beautiful. <laughs> it really is. It really is. He's an incredible songwriter, or he used to be, at least. <laughs> I, I'll agree to that, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the best song to sing in the shower? This, this was sort of a hard... Uh, question for me because when I sing in the shower it's it's all my personal creations you know we're just, nice. we're just sort of riffing but um you know I think that uh if the mood strikes and uh you know I'm feeling particularly like warmed up vocally you know we might go for a little uh Natalie and Bruglia torn nice you know? not that I would ever dream of hitting <laughs> those high notes but uh you know if you're not going to try in the shower where else where else are you going to try this is true this is true um she is one of my favorite underrated uh musicians mm. i actually i don't know anything other than that song but there's there's more i should check oh, there, oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah there's lots more <laughs> oh there's there there is plenty more okay uh, okay what song best summarizes what love is? Um, something About Us by Daft Punk. Nice. Which is, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say Daft Punk are like, you know, these incredible lyricists. Um, but that song, which I, I don't think a lot of people know because people are more familiar with their like big, dance songs but this it's like this very sort of groovy kind of down tempo jam and I find it like it's just very endearing and there are these lines at at the end where the singer and it's sort of like a little roboticized but not so much that it doesn't feel human um but but the the lyric is like it's just very simple. It's like, I, I'll miss you more than anything in my life. I want you more than anything in my life. I love you more than anything in my life. And I just, there's a, there's a simplicity in that, that I find kind of moving. Plus it's that punk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so on the, on the, on the flip side of that question, uh, what is the best song about a breakup? So, you know, I've, I've come onto your show and I've, and I've already dropped Coldplay and um, I can't believe it, but I'm going to drop Coldplay again. I, I really, I went on the show being like, I'm not going to try to seem cool to anybody. I'm just going to try to be honest and authentic. But there is, there is an, um, a rush of blood to the head which I, I still think is like kind of a masterpiece. I mean, I think, you know, Coldplay is a, a sort of a long way away from where they started. Um, but uh, 
there's a song warning sign off that album. And I don't think I've heard a song where somebody like so perfectly kind of like touches on the experience of being in a relationship and really looking for problems within it. Uh, sort of being unable to, to really focus on what's great and what's present, but instead sort of being distracted by, and, and sometimes even actively looking for the problems in the relationship. And then the feeling of getting out of it and sort of realizing, oh my God, what have I done? You know, I've sort of been instrumental in the, the demise of this relationship, um, which is something I have some experience with. And I think we all do. And, you know, I think yeah. it, when we get scared, it's hard not to, to sort of look out for, for the things that might be a problem or that might hurt us. And that sort of becomes the thing that we're, we're focused on. It's an excellent answer. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you, Chris Martin. <laughs> <sighs> what is a song that you once loved, uh, but you've listened to it recently and you're just like, this, this has not aged well? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like a lot of music that I listened to in high school. <laughs> I got, I got like really into a sort of uh, quote unquote emo phase, you know? And I still stand by a lot of that music. Like there, you know, some of the, like the heavier hitters, like, you know, like early Death Cab or like Thrice, Thursday. Um, but there was, there was a band that was sort of like within that genre, I was like, I sort of discovered them on my own. They were a little lesser known. And I was like, ah, this fucking band. Um, and they were called Matchbook Romance like a perfect emo band uh, name. And they had this, their like big hit was My Eyes Burn. And I used to like love that song. I remember I would listen to it with my mom in the car. And she'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I'd be like, this is objectively good. And I listen to it now and it's, it's just, I mean, you know, again, no, no offense to any Matchbook Romance listeners out there. But this song is just, it's just not good. You know, I mean, like, I get why teenagers like emo music. It's so just like, man, you know, it's just, it's, it's just all just kind of doesn't, it doesn't have a lot of nuance, I guess, with the, uh, yeah. but this song just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's no good. What is the greatest song from a film soundtrack? So this, this is like a song that was written for a movie, right? It, it could just be a song that was... That was featured? Yeah. Well, I'll say, I mean, I guess my answer is both, but um, Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Oh. Was, I, don't, I, I, so I don't think a lot of people know that. Like some of their greatest hits were written for Saturday Night Fever. Um, and, you know... I'm such a, like disco for me. Disco music is just it's really sort of the pinnacle of of of, of music. Uh, so um, yeah, and I just I love that song, and the Bee Gees are incredible. Yes, that is that is the correct answer. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a correct answer. I'm glad I got it. 
what film has the greatest overall soundtrack? This is this is a hard question. This was the hardest question for me because, I mean, there are, uh, it's just so hard to pick. So I'm sure you permit ties on this show. Absolutely. Okay, good, good. I don't wanna be breaking any rules. Um, so the first is the Superfly soundtrack, which was done by Curtis Mayfield, which is is like one of the best funk and soul records. And I'm just like amazed when when like an artist just like makes like just incredible music for a movie. I don't know if it's just because like the inspiration or maybe they're getting a ton more money from the studio. <laughs> like, um, and then uh, I was gonna, um, if Beale Street could talk. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a Barry Jenkins film and the uh, composer's name is Nicholas Bertel or something. He did the score for Moonlight as well. Um, and they're both incredible, but the, the If Beale Street Could Talk soundtrack's got like a lot of sort of like muted horns. Like it's incredible, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Those are both fantastic choices. Well done. Thank you, thank you. You're absolutely killing us today. Oh my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> what television show mm. has the best theme song? Mm -hmm. It's gotta be Succession. It's gotta, do you, do, you watch, do you watch that show? I do. When those drums come in during the theme song, it's got that kind of like, reminds me of sort of like an RJD2 type riff, um, but how it like goes to like the strings and then the like, no big drums come in it's my favorite thing about a tv show theme song is like does it get better as the show progresses you know like does it does it further like encapsulate the like themes and the like you know and like the essence of the show and I feel like that song does it perfectly every time like that's a that's a intro credit sequence that I very rarely skip it really gets me it gets me primed for the nice. show sort of like game of thrones you know like you can't yeah. skip game of thrones intro it's just gets you ready and the visuals in the game of thrones intro were like next level yeah totally i i always felt taken care of as a fan because they were like here is where the show is going to take place this episode and you're like oh right, right right that's that's far away from king's landing yeah yeah uh, the the popular answer to this question is um, the Golden Girls theme. So I'm always appreciative when somebody comes with something other than that. I have never seen Golden Girls. I have no idea what the theme song is. What's the theme song? Uh, it's that uh, "Thank You for Being a Friend" song. Yeah, that's 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 right over my head. Oh wow! Yeah. I think you're the only person I've ever met that has never seen Golden Girls. Really? Yeah. Wow, a lot of firsts today, huh? Yeah. Look at you. Hey. <laughs> okay, so this next question, um, there, there's kind of a modifier at the beginning. Oh, um, okay. And it may or may not change your answer. Uh, but... The, the answer to this question, um, the song has to have appeared in the film. 
Okay. 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 So that being said, uh, what is the best song from a Disney film? Wait, I'm interested in this modifier first. So, so you've asked that question and someone has given you an answer that does not appear in the Disney film. Um, it's usually the answer. The reason that the modifier came about was because the answer became um, reflection by Christina Aguilera, not reflection that was in Mulan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Is that was that for like the new Mulan? No, the you- the original Mulan. How does that song go? Are you gonna sing it? If I ask. Uh, uh, no, I don't have the money for that. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. Well, this song I am certain features in the movie. I think. Oh shit! I don't know. But you'll be in my heart by Phil Collins yes. from the Tarzan soundtrack, which, if if my memory serves, happens as Tarzan and Jane are just maybe he's like teaching her how to live in the jungle they're swinging from vines it's just I, and i feel like that song i haven't listened to it in a while like it like switches keys at some point mm-hmm. very dramatic the keeper that that whole that whole the the tarzan soundtrack still goes hard like, <laughs> it's, yeah thank you tarzan thank you disney thank you phil collins thank you phil What is the song that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, when this song comes on, you're going to dance to it? Yeah. Um, you know, I dance a lot. I love to dance. But nothing gets me there quite like Gloria Stefan's conga. Nice. Yeah. I just think... I just think, you know, collectively, we should all be listening to that song more. And I will say, because I'm about to go to uh, a couple weddings. This is just maybe uh, just a PSA here. If you're having a wedding or just sort of any event, play this song. (laughs) Just play it. You will be doing your community a great service because uh, I think we we underestimate the power of a conga line, you know. And I think more than ever, that's that's what we need, you know. Maybe some limbo in there. I mean, you could do it all to 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 conga. I just i I always worry that like I'm gonna be the last person in the conga line. Mm, mm, yeah. Wow, there's some there's some like kind of like metaphor for capitalism there, I think. Probably. You know, you never want to be last. <laughs> but you know, you just got to keep just bringing people on, I guess. That's fair. I take that back though. I don't want to I don't want to besmirch this. <laughs> so I take I take that back. And and the you know, no one should be scared of a conga line. You know, being in the back is just as important as being in the front. You know, it's 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 a group effort. I, I I could never be the first person in a conga line either. I I, I don't oh. like that kind of pressure. Oh oh no! You should try because then you get to you know you get to take people wherever. It's it's a lot of power. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I don't know that I'm I'm You're someone right. who should be trusted with that kind of power. Okay, all right. Well, you know, 
<laughs> know that about yourself. <laughs> uh, what is the song that means the most to you? Not necessarily because of the song itself. The song itself could be trash, but you know, you've got great memories attached to this song. Um, yeah, this, this song is not trash. I, I love this song. Um, uh, Praise You by Fatboy Slim. Nice. Um, and, and specifically, and this is very important, there is a, a radio edit of that song, which is like three minutes. And, and I hate it because, and I know instantly, because they chop a few bars from the intro, if I'm getting a three minute version and, I, and, it's, and it's awful. The, the real version is like five minutes long. And um, I mean, I, first of all, I just like, I love, I love, I mean, I don't know what you would like, what genre you would call Fatboy Slim. I think like someone might call it like dance music or whatever, but it feels a little bit more specific than that. But it's so like, it's such a happy song. I really like happy music, <laughs> especially happy dance music. And um, my, uh, my friends and I, when we were in high school would just, well, we would get high and we would, <laughs> we would listen to this song and we would, we would um, each like, like we would like, um, uh, we would jam out on our like fake keyboards or just like make up instruments for the song. But it was just like anytime this song came on and the opening chords of that song are so like uplifting. Um, I just like, those are some of like my best memories. And now, you know, even when it comes on, I just like, it puts a smile on my face. If I'm ever gonna like do something that feels high pressure, I'll listen to it. And I just, I feel like if you play that with a group of people at any sort of party, I mean, people, people love that song. I remember when that song came out and it was, it was fucking everywhere um, yeah. that summer. But, you know, any anytime it comes on, I'm immediately taken back to that summer. I remember exactly where I was the first mm. time I heard it. Um, so, so yeah, excellent yeah. answer. Yeah, oh, it's a classic. So if you were on RuPaul's Drag Race, what mm. would be your ideal lip sync for your life song? So this is, this, I only watched my first episode of RuPaul like a couple months ago. So, you know, that was fortunate because otherwise I would have had no idea what you were talking about. Um, the one song that I happen to know pretty much all of the words to also happens to be a song that I think would be perfect for, for this show and for the Sing for Your Life, which is uh, The Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang nice yeah yeah. yes and the reason i know all of the words to that song is because when that song came out that was also like i remember that coming on the radio and it was like a rock and roll station that was like big in you know newport beach that i would listen to but it, that has a sort of electronic vibe to it it's a kind of a dancey track and i was just like oh my god this is an incredible song i want to know all the words so i used my dad's dictaphone to record it when it came on the radio. And then I transcribed the words. I, I you know, I, I think the internet was around at this point. So you could probably go on and like Google the lyrics, but maybe I didn't 
know about that. Or maybe I just wanted to, you know, do it, you know, manually. So I transcribed <laughs> all the words and then my mom found it. And that song is filthy. Oh yeah. But being the incredible progressive woman that she is, instead of scolding me, she sat me down and went through the lyrics line by line, making sure I knew what each of the words meant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing story. <laughs> and that song still slaps. I mean, it's, yes. uh, you know. Absolutely. What is your theme song? Yeah, this was a hard one because, you know, what am I, what am I about? What is my essence? And, uh, and I don't know. I don't know what my essence is, but I do know that uh, I will forever be, I have a soul connection to the song Oye Como Va by Santana. Nice. <laughs> Which is one of those songs that I, that I used to play a lot on the radio when I was in high school. And I remember just like sort of thinking nothing of it. And then in call, you know, you have that, you like, revisit songs from your childhood that maybe just like didn't land because you're still evolving. But I remember coming to it in college and being like, oh my God, this song is so good. So sexy. Just, just like, you just want to dance to it. It's just like, I went and saw Santana actually like five years ago, the oh, Forest wow. Hill Stadium. And um it wasn't great, but, you know, I was happy to be there. <laughs> I feel like all of Santana's music, there's like some like under layer of sexiness to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like his like sense of like rhythm and like groove, not that album. It's like, you know, it's got like Black Magic Woman on it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's he's also like he didn't he play Woodstock? I think he did. I think he's so. Been around forever. Yeah. It's incredible. The man is a national landmark. Yeah. Yeah. Who is an artist that is considered a one-hit wonder that you feel like should have been bigger? Okay, so this this is uh this is hard. This was hard, I guess. Cuz I I don't know a ton of one-hit wonders <laughs> like catalog, you know? Part of me like wished when I saw this question, I was like, like, I wonder if uh, you remember Eiffel 65 blue. Yeah. I was like, I wonder what the rest of that album was like, you know, because that would be like to come on the show and tell the people, you know, check out the Eiffel 65 album. Would be cool, but I didn't listen to it. Um, <laughs> OK, do you remember the song? I think everybody who saw Garden State when it came out, you know, sort of a seminal movie soundtrack first discovered this song in the waiting line by zero seven. I love that song. You know that song. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Do you know the rest of that album, which is called simple things? Bits and pieces of it. Like I haven't listened to it all the way through. It's really good. I mean, it definitely, you know, it feels a little dated, but like, it's really good. I don't know if in the waiting line count, like, you know, I don't know if it entered like pop mainstream. So I don't know if it counts as a one hit wonder, but like, I feel like everybody knows that song. Yeah. And, um, and the rest of that album is just like really cool.
cool. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Um, that song was on, uh, they used it in the OC in an episode. My favorite, my favorite show. I'm from the OC. So that was, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a question coming up where we're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting that you brought up Blue by Eiffel 65. Yeah. Um, because in an episode that I recorded a couple of weeks ago, uh, that was the answer to this question. Um, Come on, someone listened to the rest of the album? Yeah. Oh, and then cool. I did after we got done recording. And it, it's not great. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's oh, no. not great. Okay. All right. Well, I am going to listen to it after, <laughs> after, after this recording. And, um, We'll see. But, you know, something tells me you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, you know, listen to it and let me know if I'm wrong. But okay, okay, it was it, it was not something it was it was not an experience I enjoyed. Okay. Um, what is the song that and I think this is the question you were just talking about. Uh, what is the song that reminds you of home? Yeah, there we go. So <laughs> that would be California by Phantom Planet which of course opened up uh, every episode of the OC. Yeah, I'm from Orange County and um, I couldn't really, I wasn't allowed to watch much TV when I was growing up. Uh, and if, I, if, I, if my parents did allow me to watch TV, it would have to be on the weekends. But when the OC, when I remember seeing like promos for the OC, I was like, mom, dad, you must let me watch the show. <laughs> And they were like, okay, because they wanted to watch it too. Um, and so we would gather a group of people, a lot of my friends into my house and we would all watch the show, which, you know, tragically did not, you know, sort of a downhill after the first season, but that first season was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And the soundtrack for that show was, was incredible. Yes, um, yes it was. But yeah, that song will always take me back. Excellent answer. Um, one of my favorite songs of all time. Really? Yeah, I absolutely adore that song. We've been on the road driving. It's... Yeah, there's just something about it. It's cool, man. And isn't what's his name is uh, is in Phantom Planet? The drummer is um... Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, yeah. A multi hyphenate. Much like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aspiring multi <laughs> Jonathan Gordon. Yeah. What is yeah. the sexiest song? Ooh, yeah. I mean, okay. So I'm a little embarrassed about this answer because, you know, um, this is what I realized answering a lot of these questions is that like a lot of these, a lot of songs that are important to us tend to be from the past and from like these sort of formative years. I remember the first time I heard My Love by Justin Timberlake and T.I., which is on, what the name of that album was, Future Sounds something. Yeah, Future Sex Love Sounds. Yes, yes. I was in a car driving to a party in high school I was still a virgin. 
And I remember hearing that song and being like, this is what sex is. <laughs> this is what, this is what it is. This is what it feels like. This is what it, you know, sounds like. And that song is still really sexy. And I, you know, I think that there are, there are songs, you know, sense that have maybe in a way I find sexier, but I think, you know, those formative years when your hormones are just raging. I just, yeah, I heard that song and I was just like, this is it. This is what this, this experience is going to be like. <laughs> I like that. It's not a bad answer. Well that, I mean, that beat, I mean, Timbaland's beats are just like, yes. Oh, like lush and just, yeah. What is the song that... And this is the question that most people struggle with. Okay. Okay. What is the song that defined your generation? Yeah. Yeah. Who am I to say? And what is my generation really? Is it, you know, I guess it's millennials. Um, yeah. It's hard because it's like, at what point does a generation become defined? You know, because I mean, we were, or I don't know when you were born, but like my millennials, I feel like we, we, you know, came about during the like boy band phase and Britney and Blink-182 and, and all those, and all those bands. I guess we also had grunge, but I wasn't that cool. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, uh, this one I, I talked to some friends about because I was curious to hear and something that we agreed on, and I'm, I'm proud of this answer is, uh, Dancing on My Own by Robin. Oh, good answer. And it's funny because like that song came out. I mean, if it's not already clear, um, like I got, so I saw, got really into electronic music when I was in high school. You know, Justice had just come out. I saw Daft Punk do their reunion tour. You know, electro music was coming in. I started doing some DJing. I was just like all into that electronic scene. But it was still sort of like, you know, sort of still sort of like stigmatized in the States. You know, it was big in Europe. Dance music has always been. But in the States, it's just now, of course, it's like everywhere, like all pop music, you know, it's like all these yeah. huge uh, EDM producers. But I remember when Dancing on My Own came out and seeing the way people reacted to it. And that is such a dance song. So electronic. And people were going crazy for it. And... And just like, I mean, that song is so great because it's like, it makes you want to dance, but also the, everyone knows the words of it. And when people like are really into it, people are just like screaming it. It feels very kind of collective. And I just, and now anytime that song, I mean, that song probably came out what, like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, I think so. Now, whenever it comes on, it's, I mean, it's like people are so nostalgic for it almost. And, and I, I don't know, I feel like it came up like the exact, right time for a lot of us and uh there's a lot of um yeah it's like almost sentimental for people at this point yeah excellent answer it is also one of the most heartbreaking dance songs yeah yeah what's the uh what, why just yeah i'm i'm in the corner watching you kiss her yeah i mean gosh what is objectively the greatest song ever written? Okay, okay. 
I will say objectively, without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest song ever written is Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. Are you familiar with this song? Uh Uh-huh. Now, that may be a controversial stance (laughs) to take. And maybe, maybe it's slightly ironic, but I will like that song, the dramatic tension in that song to me is sort of unparalleled. Like the way, like that song is like five minutes, but it doesn't really start until like three minutes in. You know, the beginning is such an intro and it just like keeps building and building and building until he hits that huge kind of like operatic note or they, I guess, uh, towards the end of the song. I mean, it's like, I just, I love that song. You know, it starts so simply and then, you know, Phil Spector brings in his like classic, just like more instruments, more noise. And it just, the way it crescendos, I just, I like it, it, it um, like a lot of great songs. It like tells a very good story, but um, I'm, I think, you know, I've, I've never been super like lyrically driven, I think, cause it's always hard for me to understand what people are saying in songs. So, but that song like sonically just like tells such a story the way things kind of like come in. It's sort of like, it happens in like three acts almost. It's an excellent answer. Uh, it is also the first time that song has been mentioned on this show. Are there a lot of repeats? Um, I guess if it's the first time, I'd you know that sort of um, uh, 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 makes a case for it not being objectively the <laughs> song of all time. But okay, I you know usually usually the answer is like something along the lines of like I will always love you or I mean that's a great song. That's a great song from a soundtrack. Didn't you write that for The Bodyguard? Dolly Parton wrote Dolly, that. Right, Dolly Parton wrote, but I, what, it was like featured in The Bodyguard. Yeah, right? it's like the song from The Bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, that's a good song. That's a good song. What song is the one that you've listened to the most? This, when I saw this question, I was like, I wish I still kept all my music in iTunes because then I could just click a button and just see. <laughs> um, but we're all, you know, we're all Spotify users now, I guess. Um, I think though, and this would, you know, I, who knows what I was listening to. You know, it might be praise you, honestly, but I don't want to repeat an answer. <laughs> so I think, at least in my adult life, um, Sweet Thang by Shuggy Otis. Um, Shuggy Otis was this blues musician who made an album called Freedom Flight uh, in the 70s. And it's it's one of my favorite blues albums of all time. And it may be one of my favorite albums of all time, honestly. I think, I, you know, I'm like such a sucker for the blues. Um, he, he wrote a song... Uh, called uh gosh was it strawberry 23 i think which was covered by somebody else that a lot of people recognize when they hear it um but the rest of this album is so great and the song is you know it's just a it's just a blues jam and it's just it like it sort of you know it pairs with everything nicely nice i will i will check that out yeah it's added to my list 
what is the greatest music video of all time? So I don't, I don't watch a lot of music videos anymore. So I had to sort of like, you know, this was really much from like the vault from being in high school and watching TRL, you know? Um, Weapon of Choice by Fatboy Slim. Another. Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, for those who don't remember it or haven't seen it, it's just Christopher Walken dancing for three minutes <laughs> in an empty hotel. I mean, it's, it's so simple, but it's, it's so good. I don't know how they got him to do it, but he, and he's like, you know, he's obviously not human. So, you know, right. Jim move uh, is, you know, it's, it's transfixing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when that video came out, a lot of, a lot of the chatter around it was that um, it had to have been CGI because there's no way Christopher Walken could actually move like that, but it's actually fucking him. There is, is there that I, cause I was watching some of it actually last night. There's a point where he does this sort of like cartwheel flip, which I'm like that may, they may yeah. make, but for a lot of it, it does. Yeah. It's, I mean, I take, which it shouldn't be surprising. I mean, the, you know, that the guy's got moves. It's Christopher Walken. I mean, you know, you, you would want to be surprised, but if you think about it, you're like, no, that tracks. Yeah. yeah no. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in like another life, Christopher Walken is just this like expert, you know, sort of like salsa instructor or something. <laughs> Probably. It's a side hustle. Yeah. 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 What is the greatest musical collaboration of all time? Um, I mean, I think this is not my answer, even though I do think there's a correct answer here, which is, I, I, you know, like how many incredible songs have Jay-Z and Beyonce made together? You know, like, like hits. So I think it, you know, they, they deserve some acknowledgement there. Um, but um, I would say that Freddie Gibbs is a rapper made an album a couple of years ago called Alfredo with this producer named The Alchemist who produced the entire album. Um, and it is, it, it's so good. And I think it actually won a Grammy, which is great because I think like Freddie Gibbs is sort of one of the most like slept on rappers. Um, but it's, but it's just, it's so cool. I mean, I'm like, I'm so drawn to hip hop production. I mean, again, I rarely, can really like follow what's being said, but if the production is good, there's sort of, for me, there's kind of nothing like it. And this album is so well-produced and Freddie Gibbs has like such an incredible flow. And he did, you know, it was hard for me because he made this other album called um, Pinata, which was all produced by Madlib. He collaborates with Madlib a lot. Um, and I think, you know, that's like such a cool thing to make a, an album like that where it's just a rapper and one producer and they're, you know, collaborating throughout because usually you have so many different producers making different beats and stuff but yeah that album Alfredo is it's really good usually usually the answer here is um something along the lines of like Michael and Janet Jackson um yeah. Bowie and Queen uh, yeah you know what I was thinking about saying because I just found this out actually 
um, through TikTok. <laughs> um, do you know who Niall Rogers is? Mm-hmm. Apparently, Niall Roger, Rogers, <laughs> Rogers, uh, Niall Rogers came up with the guitar lick for Just Dance by David Bowie. Apparently, mm-hmm. it was like a much slower song, but I watched this TikTok video of like Niall explaining how he sort of came up with the riff. Um, so that was almost my answer because that's like an incredible collaboration. My answer to this question is uh, David Bowie and Bing Crosby, the little drummer boy. I don't know it. Yeah. Little drummer boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like the Christmas song, the little drummer that's, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that song from the Peanuts Christmas album. Nice. It's really good. It's like, <laughs> like yeah. It's kind of haunting almost. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. If you could have a song play whenever you enter a room, what would it be? Yeah. Um, that would have to be It Ain't Over Till It's Over by Lenny Kravitz. Nice. <laughs> because, which I like, you know, it's a song I used to love. And then actually on this season of Euphoria, they have such good music on that show. Yeah. It plays. And I was just like, oh my God, this song is so good. This like the strings in the beginning of that song. It's, it's just such a groove. And, you know, if you can make an entrance to that song, I think, you know, life would oh, be, yeah. life would go well. <laughs> I like that. Life would be all right. <laughs> It'll be okay. Uh, what is the song that no matter what kind of playlist you're making, what kind of vibe you're going for, like this song has to be on it? Um, Run On by Moby. Nice. Um, yeah, Moby's album Play, which was like, yeah, that's sort of the one that put him on the map, is still, I think such an incredible album uh and this song i mean you know it's sort of, yeah it can sort of go with everything it can go on like a hip-hop playlist it can go on this sort of like funk and soul playlist it can go on you know it can sort of amp you up it can sort of like calm you down i mean his the way he like meshed soul samples with like just sort of like simple riffs on a piano is just like i love it yeah and this song is just so good so good <laughs> So this next question is a Mm three-parter. So first part is, uh, what is your go-to song for cleaning the house? Um, I just, one of my great finds during the pandemic is this this, uh, producer named Bosk, B-O-S-Q. And he does a lot of sort of like Afro Latin disco. Uh, And uh, he has this song called Never Feel Cold, which I I highly recommend. It's just like, it's such a jam. It's so good. It's so sexy. And that's a good one. If you know, you're just cleaning dust in the corners of the apartment that's accumulated for for months. It, It makes, you know, it makes it less of a chore. Nice. And what is your go-to song for working out? Um, you mean when I do work out? Um, 
4533 by LCD Sound System. Nice. Uh, which they were like hired to make for like the Nike like workouts where they were getting. But James Murphy said this really incredible thing uh, about working out. Cause he, he's like, he works out pretty intensely. He does a lot of like kickboxing or something like MMA or whatever. But he was like, so much workout music is like really intense. A lot of times like dance music that makes you feel like you're on the treadmill, like running for your life. And people like it because it makes, you know, it makes them want to like run. But he was like, but ideally he was like, I think that working out should be more relaxed than that. So you have a chance to like actually kind of like tune into your body. Like it shouldn't feel so frenetic. It should actually feel kind of like should be like an aspect of like composure to it, I guess. And that mix, which is 45 minutes and 33 seconds, I feel like really kind of honors that, you know, it like takes you on this journey and it can get intense at times, but then it like cools off, you know. And final part to this question, uh, what is your go-to driving song? Um, that would be Gallup, New Mexico by the Shouting Matches, um, which is, uh, yeah, which is a uh, Boney Vare made this sort of like folk rock album, just just one, and and this song, you know, you know that vibe, sort of like when you're in the car and you're about to go on like a sort of like a long trip, and you've got the windows down, and you're just like, oh, like what is life? This is a perfect <laughs> song for that, you know, and and there's this like incredible guitar solo towards the end. Um, you know, it's just like, I hesitate to say this, but it's a, it's a vibe, you know? Nice. <laughs> um, what is one song that you would give anything to see live? And would it be done by the original artist? Or if you could pick any artist in the entire world to cover this song, would it be them? Wow. I'm so interested in someone who would want, like, who's so obsessed with a song that they want to see it live, but then they want someone else to play it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, then why do you want to see it live? But, you know, I'm sure there's some, some thoughtful answers to that. But I actually just saw him. He, he opened up the Prospect Park um, Celebrate Brooklyn music series. Um, Kamasi Washington, who is a jazz musician. Uh, well, somebody's at the door. Uh, <laughs> part of me while I, I let in this delivery man. Okay. Um, so I saw Kamasi play and he did not play this song, which was tragic. Um, <laughs> but he has this song called Final Thought, which is off of his first, I think his first album, which is called The Epic. Uh, and it was called The Epic because it's three hours long. Oh. Um, He's a, he's a saxophone player and around the like three and a half minute mark, he, he just, he plays the sax in this way that just like gives me goosebumps. It's so frenetic. It's so impassioned. Like, I think he has two drummers on the track. It's such a like wash of, I mean, the musicians that he has playing with him are so amazing, but like it crescendos in this way where he's just like, essentially like the saxophone is shrieking. And it's, it's incredible. And I would just, I, I think just like seeing that would sort of be this like cathartic out of body experience. I mean, it's just like, 
it's incredible. I don't listen to a ton of jazz, um, but, uh, and I don't know, I probably like people more familiar with the genre might be like, he's not quite doing jazz, um, but highly recommend him uh, to anybody who's looking for something that's a little, you know, jazzier. Nice. So, yeah. um, you you have died, um, and uh, you know the the nation has been in mourning for for seven days, as is the tradition. Um, and you are at the gates of whatever kind of afterlifey thing you might believe in. Uh-huh. Um, and before they'll let you through. Uh, they're they're making you a welcome basket. There's muffins and some pamphlets of neighborhood going goings on, um, but they are also including muffins. in this welcome basket. <laughs> so glad they're muffins in the afterlife. <laughs> um, they are making a mixtape of your life. Uh, now, Jonathan Gordon, the most important question that you will answer in this time that we have spent together. Yeah. What is the first song on that mixtape? Yeah, yeah, this is hard. This is a hard question. Um, but uh, you know, if I if I make it, to, if there is an afterlife, and I make it there, and you know, it's not uh, some hellscape that I found myself in, but a nice place uh, to spend the rest of my days, or I guess eternity. Uh, you know, I'm gonna want to dance obviously. So it's going to be the MacArthur Park Suite by Donna Summer. And it's the suite and it's not just MacArthur Park. You know, MacArthur Park was a song she wrote, but the suite, I I don't know, like sort of inexplicably, like why this song exists, but it's like, well, it's like 25 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And it's like a medley of MacArthur Park, Heaven knows, I think one of a kind. And it's just like, I mean, it's, as I said, disco for me will, you know, it's the, it's the pinnacle. And the song is just like, you know, and it like, you know, it starts with MacArthur Park and then like it goes off on tangents and the way that like the songs are like blending into one another. It's, it's like a DJ mix almost. And then she lands back at MacArthur Park. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. When I was, uh, uh, before the pandemic, I was working on Harry Potter on Broadway and uh, we would have these like really intense warmups before we did the show uh, because the show is so physical. And on my birthday, uh, I made everybody warm up to all like 20 odd minutes of MacArthur Park Suite. <laughs> and I was nervous because it's a long song, but people loved it. And, uh, you know, I think everyone should, should, should know this song deeply. <laughs> Yes. Um, I, I don't like to play favorites on this show, uh, but that is my favorite answer to this question um, oh because Donna Summer is one of, if not my favorite uh, singer of all time. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's, there's nobody like her. Yeah. And there never will be. And there never will be. I mean, Talk about someone you should play at your wedding. I mean, come on. Yeah.
So we have come to the end of the show. Um, if you've got anything you'd like to plug or you'd like to drop your social media handles for uh, the folks at home and all over the world to uh, give you a follow, you are more than welcome to do that. Sure. Yeah, you can. Uh, my Instagram is, uh, which, you know, to be honest, I don't use that much, but uh, I check every once in a while. It's at John, J-A-W-N, Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N, you know. If you've got any great disco recs, send them my way. I'd love to hear them. Awesome. Awesome. Um, thank you so much uh, for being here today. I have enjoyed this so much. Um, and, you know, I, you were the first guest that I've ever been nervous to talk to because you're somebody that, like, I've, I've seen your work and, like, I'm a fan. And so... Well, thank you for saying that. It's been such a pleasure being here and getting the opportunity to sort of like look back at these, you know, meaningful songs in my life. I like I put together a playlist for myself of a lot of these songs. <laughs> it's great. I get to revisit a lot of these. So thank you for having me. Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now.